0: Imagine if somebody from the fifteenth century would suddenly walk into our world and I'm sure he would see that the world has changed and he wouldn't recognize what's happening around him. The map of the world would be different, the map of the sky would be different, the technology. The personalities, the food, the medicine, everything would appear to him as if the world was recreated from scratch. Rabbi said, the last time we were together was just before Rosh Hashanah. Since then, the world has changed dramatically, profoundly. The world has undergone a cosmic rebirth. Because since that time, we've been through Rosh Hashanah, Yom HaKippurim, and Sukkis. And every cell in the Bria has been reinvented. Everything in the world has been recreated, and most especially ourselves. The Pinchas Korot says, used to come into the Hakophis, he would be wearing a white kittle, with a white kolpik. And he would say the reason he dressed like this, Simchas Torah, as you know, we dress in white because we're trying to be like Malachim. By the time Simchas Torah comes around, the Malachim are already trying to be like us. That's how much we grow. That's how much we change. The Svarim Akdashim tell us when we sit in the Sukkah, the Sukkah is such a holy place. That even the malachim don't have rishus to enter there, and we come out you know it says in the beginning of Pashas Bamokoim, and he saw he named boy, he saw the angels, he saw the malachim going up and down the ladder. And a Shamsafulhir says that aloshin vayivgah is not just to meet, but it means an lotion of surprise. Va'yivka, like you you jump back in shock and awe. Va'yivga, he saw the malochim. He was so taken by their wonder, he was so so shocked to see the malochim. Yet at the end of this said, it's about at the end, after he had gone through all his Nisioinus, he reached the level that now, instead of he being surprised and taken aback at seeing the greatness of the Malachim, it now was Vayiv Guboi malache Aleikim. The Malachim looking at him were taken aback by the greatness, by the Madreigah of Yankabino. In the same way, how much we grow through a Yomim Neirayim, how much we are lifted up spiritually before a shashana. Before the Yom Nairayim, we were spiritually old, we were shrunken, disoriented, full of chet. Now we're young and vigorous, energized, rejuvenated. Now we might say to ourselves, who, me? I, I, I don't feel that way. I barely remember that it was just Yamim Neiroim, Oh, yeah, yeah, it was right. We were just two weeks ago still holding a little of an esrig in our hands and saying, Ah, olamancho Maybe some of us feel it was like more more than a couple of months ago. But even if we don't feel it In our Neshamas, that's actually how it is. The Rishonim tell us, our Neshamas, we cannot recognize them, how they look after the Yerachai Sonim. We go from Chodesh Tishrei into Chodesh Cheshvin. And just like a newborn baby has everything brand new, but he doesn't know, doesn't understand, is not aware of it, sometimes we're that way, but we are new. We're not the same people. Our Neshamas have been cleansed. Our spiritual the pneumious of all our the pneumious of our eyes, of our ears, of our mouths our whole makeup has been redone so maybe we'll feel that this is a big drop, here we were a a month of strength, a month of power and we're in the month with this where it appears as if there's no light yet the truth is that now we are ready for the tachlus. The point of the entire Yomim Neiroim is a posik. We say it on Shmini at and the Avtoira. We line the Avtoira of Shloim HaMelech, and it says, Vayhi Bayoim HaShmini Shilach es Haom, Vayivorchu es HaMelech, Vayelchulo Holeim, Smechim Vitoive Leiv, Al Hatoivo Asher Osso Hashem. There's a posting in Yecheskel, the Hachayos Rotsoy Kimare Habozok, talks about the Malochim, the chayos, they are Rotsoy Vashoiv, means they go toward v'shoiv and they go back. And the Balatanya is Masbur. The Malochim in Shammai, in their existence, goes through stages. First, they go towards Hashem and they absorb all of the energy, all of the Shefa, all of the Chiyis. Then, they go back... And they accomplish what they have to. They go back again to the Rebbe to get more Shefa. Go back, accomplish what they have to. And they're constantly touching and jumping back, touching and jumping back. And that is the Seder of the entire Bria. We are the same. We're always for Feshoyim. We go towards Hashem. We We become close to the Rebbe Afterwards, we go back into this world and we take some of what we've gained and we have to apply it to life. That whole period of the yomim Im that extraordinary high point of the year, is Rotze We're close to Hashem. We're sitting with Tzildam Emnusa. We're dancing with HaKadosh Baruch We're singing. We're full of Shevach Voidah by Simechus Be'ez What is that? What is the purpose of all that? The purpose of that is now, is after Chodesh Tishrei, Vashoyev. We've taken so much, we filled ourselves up, and that's what Shlom HaMelech, that's what it says in the Pesach. After Yom Tevayi Bayoim Ashmini Shilach Essoom, Vayivorchus HaMelech, Vayelchulo Holeyem Smeichim Vitoi Al Alkol HaToi Vashheros Hashem. HaShem did great things to us, for what? Just that we should have a great experience. No, so that we should prepare ourselves for the long winter that's ahead. To take Vashoiv to understand that the Seder and the purpose of life is to take that Kedusha and bring it into the everyday life. And to bring it into the normal give and take of what appears to us to be simple weekday. What appears to us to be long winter nights. which the Baalei Musa called the heilige vintenech, the holy long winter nights, the nights where we can grow, the season where all of nature goes into a slumber, when all of Gashmias wears itself down, and the trees drop their leaves and draw into themselves and the roots shrunk, shrink and retract. And it seems as if the world is asleep. The Gashmias is asleep. And that's when we have to take the energy that we've absorbed and use it to grow. There was a great tzaddik in Yerushalayim who was known to be the biggest masper in Yerushalayim by Alexander Moshe Lapidus. And he used to say his version of Olam Habo, what he's dreaming of, what Ganeid is going to be. He's going to have a shtender with a above and bavakamah and a tea, and a pack of cigarettes, and he'll be sitting by the window, and outside there's going to be a furious winter storm, and he'll be able to sit and learn by that window for all eternity. That was his picture of Oilam Habo. So, we are at the beginning of a time of great opportunity. Hashem has invested tremendous koyach, We've been rotzoi, we've been lifted very high. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is expecting a return on his investment. This is not, this is really a, a marshal of life. What HaKadosh Baruch Hu invests in us till he sends us down on this world and he puts koyach into us and he expects of us we're meant to take the gifts that HaKadosh Baruch who gives us and turn them into something meaningful in koyhelas oh, we read koyhelas koyhelas is one long musashmuz now, if you listen during, you listen during the, the laning of koyhelas every few psukim somebody else gives a Krecht, somebody else gives a sigh oh hevel havolem ah hevel everybody ah yeah we all know the truth vanities and futilities, and, and, and we're told it like it really is. There's one Pasek in Koheles that describes something so horrific, and I don't know if this scene has ever taken place in all of human history. Yet there's a posig that is, describes a certain reaction that is so unbelievable, if you would think into it, it would boggle our minds. Es the Es the fool folds his arms and he eats his own flesh. I don't know if there's ever been recorded in all history, if there ever was a culture that existed where people ate their own flesh. We know there's cannibalism. there even today, there are tribes who eat each other for breakfast. But that one should take a piece of his own flesh and eat it, never happened. People die of hunger before they would bite into themselves. People go insane, and yet you'll never see somebody eating his own flesh. I'm not a zoologist, but I think even in the animal kingdom, it doesn't exist although you have animals that eat each other, you even have animals that eat their own young. And the Teichel describes that at the time of the Khurban, and the Apostle tells us, Yidei noshim Rachmoni Es Bishlu Yaldeyen, but nowhere do we find that people would descend to the level of actually eating their own flesh. What would it take to make someone be an Oichel as besoroi? Certainly not hunger, not even insanity would drive a person to do something which we've never witnessed in all of human experience. About what is this Pusik talking about? So Chazal tell us in the Medrash, this is defining a terrible moment in a person's existence. When a person will come to Shomayim, says the Medrash, and he will see what he could have accomplished with his life easily. How much teiri he could have known. How many mitzvahs he could have done. How he wasted time and energy and life. And lost the opportunity to be mashlim himself, which he could have accomplished so easily. He's going to be driven to such an intense pain, to such an agony, to such an anguish, that at that moment he is going to actually be oichel es besoroi. He will eat his own flesh. A level of pain that nobody in this world has ever seen. And the grod says that that is a pain that's worse than all of Gehenim. Besides the Gehennem and the punishment that a person that's reserved for Khaitim and balayaveirah, seeing what we could have had, seeing how we were tricked by the Yetzirah, seeing how we wasted our energy and our koyach for nothing, and how easily we could have had it all, that pain is so powerful if a human being would have to go through that, says the and he would die on the spot. But HaKadosh Baruch who gives the neshama the strength to continue existing. About that moment it says Haksil Chivik Yodav, the fool Oichel es He eats his own flesh. The Aitzahara is truly vicious. It's a Muri de Givad for Abitzala Petaburga. Rabitzela asked, "Chazal tell us, Rishoyim, Maleim Charotos. The wicked are full of regrets." And Rabitzela asked, "Why would the Yetzirah put that feeling of Charotah? Why wouldn't the Yetzirah tempt us to sin, make us sin, and make us be happy with it, so we should have the strength and the desire to continue more? Why does he make us sin, and then we have Charotah, and then eventually he'll get us again?" Why does the Yetzirah allow that to happen? We know that when we sin, we feel bad, and then we forget, and go, why? It says, it's for something murdering. The Chobos HaLavobos tells us, the Sahara, the Satan, doesn't just want us to sin. Doesn't just want to tempt us. Doesn't just want to defile us. He is our sinner. He hates us with a passion. He wants to destroy us. He wants that not only we should be lost from oilam Habo, but we should be disgusted with Oyelam Maze too. That we should do the aver. He doesn't want us to have the enjoyment. He wants us afterwards to have the regret of Rishoyim Meleim Charotos. He hates us so much, and that's why he allows us to be full of charot and full of regret, in order that we should go through the pain. Even on this world. And if that's what the Yetzirah wants, he certainly is driving us towards the source of that regret. What's the source of all pain in the world? What's the root of it? The ultimate devastating agony of that final moment when we're going to be es besoroi. He's driving us towards that moment and fueling it. And all regret and all sorrow and all agony has its root in that pain that transcends all of human experience. A pain that hasn't been witnessed on this world. So the Yetzirah is called a Melech Zaken Uksil. Why is he called a fool? And the Chavetz Chaim said, he's not because he's a fool, but like you call in Yiddish, a shoemaker, a shuster, and a tailor is called a schneider because he cuts and because he makes shoes, so too one who makes others into fools is called a ksil. His job is to fool us, to make us make such a terrible, profound mistake in our lives that before we turn around, we've wasted our lives and then we become Oichele Basar. Never before has the eight Sahara so controlled us and so embarrassed us with our mistakes like in our day and age. Mashallah Imagine there's a person and he's climbing a mountain. And in the mountain he finds a huge chest, a treasure chest full of gold and diamonds. But it's buried in the ground and it's so heavy he can't budge it. He needs, he needs help, doesn't really want to share it with somebody else, but he has no choice because he can't get it out by on his own. Besides he's going to go down the mountain, he goes into the town, he's going to find somebody who can help him bring back this chest of gold. And he's walking down the street looking for people. There's nobody inside. Suddenly he sees there's somebody standing next to a building, a tall building, 50 stories. And he's leaning against the wall, and he's pressing against the wall with all his might. And he goes up to him and says, excuse me, can you help me? The guy says, I can't talk to you now. He says, please, I found an entire chest full of gold and silver and diamonds. I'm ready to take a partner. I want you to share with me. Please, I need a person to come help me carry. He says, I can't come now. Can't you see I'm holding up this building? He says, what do you do? He says, yes, I'm, if I'm going to leave from here, this whole building is going to come crashing down. Listen, he, he sees who he's dealing with. He says, listen, this is not a person for me to deal with. He goes further. And it's already, It's late at night, and he, suddenly he sees the person who's looking up, and he has a rifle in his hand, and he's marching back and forth and back and forth. And, of course, he says, look, I need some help. There's, there's, a, there's a treasure chest in the mountain full of gold and silver you come help me. He says, "I can't leave now." He says, "What do you mean? I can't? I can't I'm, I'm guarding the moon." He says, "You're doing what?" He says, "Yet you know there's people who are, want to steal the moon, and I'm in, I'm here. I'm marching back and forth, and I'm protecting that no one can come and steal the moon." He says, "Who even knows to come come steal the moon?" He says, "I can't talk to you now. This is very important. What I'm doing is so important." No. So he goes. He doesn't see anybody in sight. He sees there's somebody on top of a mountain. He's sitting up there on top of the mountain. So he runs up to him. And he sees the fellow's red in the face, and he's pressing down on the mountain top. He says, what, "What are you doing?" He says, "He's come to me. I need somebody to tell me take the go. gold. says, I can't leave this mountain is growing every second, and if I'm sitting here and pressing down on the mountain, that it shouldn't grow. If I'm going to leave, the mountain is just going to explode, and it's going to cover the whole village. Everybody's going to be destroyed. It's too. I, I can't." Doesn't know what type of town this is. Who he's dealing with, he doesn't know what to do. He's looking for somebody to help him get the gold and silver. Finally, he comes and it is starting to rain. There's raindrops falling, and he walks and he sees a fellow sitting on a park bench and he's writing something down. He goes says, as he comes to this guy, saying five thousand seven hundred thirty-six, five thousand seven hundred thirty-seven, five. He says, "Look, will you come with me to help me take this?" He tells him the whole story. He Says thirty-eight, five thousand seven hundred thirty-eight. Excuse me, I need, I can't talk, I can't, can't you see what I'm doing? I'm the official raindrop counter. And it's my job to give an exact count of how many, 739, 757, cents. I can't talk to you now, I'm busy counting the raindrops. He's looking at it, <laughs> what kind of place am I in? And let me ask you, Rabbi Say, these people are obviously all Which one of these four people is the craziest? The guy watching the moon, the guy holding up the wall, the guy containing the mountain, or the guy counting the raindrops? The fellow counting the raindrops is most insane. You know why? Because the other ones, as ridiculous as they are, but at least in their own minds they're doing something important. He thinks that he's holding up this building from collapsing. He thinks he's saving the moon. He thinks he's protecting the city from a mountain. But the raindrop counter, even Lushito say, why does he think there's anything important to what he's doing? He can't even explain why there's any meaning. Why is it important for anybody to keep records and write down every time a raindrop falls? Even according to his own understanding, he doesn't make any sense. Rabbi Isai, in previous generations, the Eight Sahara led us astray from Torah for many different reasons. We were involved in all sorts of isms, in all sorts of ideas, all sorts of revolutions, recreating economic systems, social systems, saving the world. We Jews were big troublemakers. We were agitators. We were anarchists. We were everything. We were pushed and pulled into all the movements in the world. And as ridiculous and as much of a waste of life that this was, but at least the person in his own mind thought that he was doing something important. Today, what does the Yetzirah take us and make us throw away our lives on? On things that even we ourselves know are ridiculous. Is life just about chasing foolishness? Junk food, junk thought, junk conversation, junk superficiality. Petty life, pathetic emptiness... Foolish pleasure seeking that plunges us into the deepest depression. And you ask anybody, and he'll tell you, Yes, I am involved in ridiculous pursuits. I'm involved with in emptiness. I'm just pushing one day to the next. And I know I'm not accomplishing. We know ourselves that we're giving away the opportunity for Shleimus. To be official raindrop counters. For things that mean nothing, and we would be the first to agree they mean nothing. We let the Eight Sahara take us away from understanding the true meaning of life. And it's so easy. It's not difficult. The Yeruchim writes, "Shleimus." people think, is a difficult thing to achieve. If it was so difficult, we wouldn't eat our flesh when we see the opportunity that we missed. It's only because we're going to realize how close we were to it. As the Pesach says, Ki ha'dover And the Yetzirah just... Confused us, put us into such a bahala that we've lost sight of what's meaningful and what's truthful, and what has panemius and what has toichen, and so we can't even appreciate the opportunities that we have. We can't appreciate what a word of Torah is. Somebody told me he sat down to learn with a chavrus, He tried to get somebody convinced him to come to learn. The fellow had learned in yeshivas, but he had been out of learning for a long time. And he began the blat gemara with him. So he was learning daf And he says, bakoil ma ma'arvin. And the fellow turned to him and says, who cares? Who cares what you can make an eriv with? Baruch Hashem, he was able to convince him to finish till the end of Seder and by the end of that Seder the Harusa was so full of life and so full of simcha from what he gained from Ablat Gemara but could you imagine that people are living a life where they really believe about a word of Tairus Hashem who cares imagine if you heard something someone told you something so wise and so insightful and it made such an impression on you That you went and you decided you have to tell everybody you know this little bit of wisdom. And you were so excited about this idea that you told your families, you told your children. You were just going wherever you can. Your goal in life now became to spread this word. And then you wrote a tzavah and you want to have this bit of wisdom engraved in gold, and it has to be passed down from generation to generation, and every one of your children and grandchildren, your descendants, has to repeat it every single day. You can only imagine what type of life and eternity there would have to be in that bit of wisdom. Yet we say every day when describing the words of Hashem, every day by davening, we describe the words of Hashem's Torah, And we say, Udvorov, choyim, the koyomim—they are full of life. They are full of eternity. The nemonim, the nechmadim, Load, they are pure and perfect and wondrous and delightful forever and ever. For who al avoyseinu vealeinu for us al boneinu, not just al boneinu al toyroiseinu, not just al toyroiseinu al kol toyro zera yisrael avodecho one word of Tairo. The Yisoid quotes the Zoyar HaKadosh. that in every letter of Torah, just on the Aleph, there are Aleph, Arba, Meyoiz, V'chamesh, Revovois, Oilomois, hundreds of thousands of millions of entire worlds, kulam tuluyim bakoits, on the little thorn that comes out of the head of the Aleph. In one small letter saysDe desirekoluim, Elph, Aloffin, Riba rivovois, o lomois, shall Alma de in worlds of Chukais of love of a What does that mean when we say, "Bakoil <laughs> mearvin, What do we just utter out of our mouths? Words that are the Aldo say no? If one letter would be missing from the Torah, the world would cease to exist. And yet, people could be living in such a mistake and think and say, Who cares? Where's our seichel? What do we think the Vilna Goyen spent his nights pondering and plumbing the depths, the depths of every ice of Torah? The greatest minds in history, the greatest tzaddikim. What were they doing? What were their lies, what were their words that we live with till this very day? What was it all about? About Dvarov, Choyim, the Vinamoniv, Vinachmodim, Load, Ula But the eight Sahara can turn us into such fools. That will think everything else is important. And we'll go from one meal to one recreation, to one next waste of time to another. Until Chalila we become Eichlim as bisorum. Melech zokein uksil. What makes things in this world good? Where does all pleasure come from? The Kedushas Levy explains, says when there's a Tainuk gashmi, we have to learn from that Tainuk gashmi, me'oivet chakmeini. Where does it come from? What makes something pleasant, something good? All toiv. ain't toiv, ele toiv. Yisrael have Shavode explains, oh, you, take, you bite into a good piece of food. Tastes great. Where does that good taste come from? So Yisrael Dushar Shavode explains, there's an oilam habo. There's an eternal world, there's a world of kedusha. That is toiv itself. A tiny, tiny drop of that went into this food. And when we're enjoying that, we're enjoying a tiny sliver of the true toiv. That's what chazal means, whatever Whatever's good in the world is just a small taste of toiv. And when we eat a good meichel, he says we should think, if this is good, how great and wondrous must be the shorish of where all this comes from. So how do we live our lives? A so marshal, imagine a malamed, there's a rabbi in Chedi, he tells the boys, okay, whoever learns good today, after class, he gets a piece of chocolate. And all the boys are good, they come up, they line up for their chocolate, he takes out a piece of chocolate, he gives each boy a sniff. You smell it, you smell it, you smell it, he takes it, puts it back in his pocket. And they're all so happy, oh, the chocolate smells so delicious. Do they not know that you can actually eat chocolate and it's so much better than smelling chocolate? So the Yetzirah fools us and he convinces us to live on the edge. He diverts us from the real Hana in the world. And so we chase after Dvarim Batalim, after Sicha Betelim silly conversation, silly schmoozerai, just burning up life, burning up hours, that could be spent so pleasantly, so meaningfully. So, in, in Beresh, he wants to know the word, it seems to be an extra word. and He says, it's the nature of a person, that he likes to talk. Person naturally likes to talk a lot. To be quiet, you have to train yourself. To be a person who talks a little, you need to work a lot on our natural selves. Baruch Hu gave us a Torah and a person has to look into it constantly. If a person wants to know, he says, "Am I a ben oilem habo or not?" I want to know. Am I a ben oilem habo? Listen to the words of the Arvei Nachal. If a person wants to know him, "Ye ben oilem habo ma Let him examine what is the substance of his conversations. Imagine we would tape ourselves through one day. And his words are words of tayra and kedusha and chizuk and I have a, Except zulas maat Mashu hechak, when he has to speak in order for his panosse then he should know that his Nishoma is bekedusha v'hu ben habo. says the Arve Nachal. Im dibur of tomid midvarim betalim. Yea that he should know Af im Yesh biodoi mitzvis mysi is harbe ein moyeloy ki highnis nishmosoiltoyha sitra achro. So why did Akkodeshbogo give us a taira? says the Arbay Nachal, he did us a toyva gidla, because you know people love to talk. Because of his tebat difficult for people to be quiet, so he gave us a Torah. so yes. Le dabab, I I have to talk. Say over a word. Learn a gemara. say over a mysefamatsadik, af- greet somebody warmly, say something to make the other person feel good, to feel better than me rather than less than me. Of course putting somebody down sometimes gives us pleasure. <clears throat> but that's only a sliver of the real pleasure. Do you know how delicious it is to say something to the other person and make him feel that he's bigger than me? That's true, Taiv. But the Attar just pushes us, pushes us to live to live in the world of smelling the chocolate instead of instead of taking a bite into it. And Takadar Venakal says in last week's sadra. Says <clears throat> we say by the davening we say shtatzilenu uh, hayoyim when we call yoyim. There's a whole list of things, and the last thing is midina shel gehenim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu should save us from gehenim. What does it mean hayoyim uvechol yoyim? At the end of my life, I should be saved from gehenim. Shtatzilenu hayoyim uvechol yoyim midina shel gehenim. Says what is gehenim and what is ganeden? Ganeden is created. By the words of Kedusha that we utter, that we speak. Our words of Torah, our words of Tfilah, our words of Chizik to one another. These words are fashioned to form our ganeden. The other words, the wasted words, the Diburim Ho'asurim, the litzanas, the Lashon hora, the Dvarim Batalim, Those are fashioned into our Gehenim. And we're building our own Gehenim. So ha yoim midina shall gehenim. Every single living moment I'm creating my ganeden or creating my gehenim. We could have so much pleasure from our diburim, so much meaning, instead, we choose to indulge in the silly, ridiculous. Wasted life of the Dvorin Betalimnikers who can spend hours and hours and hours revolving around nothing, and you ask them hours later what they spoke about, they don't even remember a word. And the Asar is laughing. Melech Zochens. So the first thing we have to remember in our battle against not being fooled, not allowing ourselves to be led to the path that the Sahara takes us till he turns us into an oichalas as is simply not to be fooled. Don't, don't forget the focus of life. Don't forget that real goodness to be earned and to be enjoyed. If we just go a little bit deeper and get ourselves used to a different type of enjoyment, we'll find that the other enjoyment doesn't begin to compare, says the Gdusha Slevi. But then there's something else that gives the Eitzara the ability to make us live our lives one long, terrible, tragic mistake. This week's Seder, it begins, Lech Lecho And the Mephoshim, the Chazal already asked, What is Lech Lecho? R'ashtad Lech Lecho, L'hanosche, But there's another Pirush. You know that Adam or was created. All the Nivroim, all the creations in the world were created, Zacherun Akevah. Only Adam Marishan was created alone, and later afterwards Chava was created. And the question is asked why was Adam created Yechidi, the only creature in the world that was created himself? And the Rishonim talk about this question. The Gemara talks about this question. Chazal talk about this question. And there are many different answers to this question. Many different facets to understand the concept of Lama Odom Nivra Yechidi. There's a letter written by Rav Destler, a Levrocha, to one of his Talmidim. And he begins the letter, I want to send you a Churah Niflo. I want to send you a wondrous gift. I have... The writings, the Kisve yad of the altuf and kelem. And in those writings there are wondrous, amazing things. And in a pshat, he says in the Gemara, I want to share with you. It's a present you should carry with you for all of your life. It says in the Gemara, He said, I looked at the world, and the righteous are very few. If there are a thousand b'nai aliyah, ani u'bani me'hem. I and my son are are from those thousand. If there are a hundred, I and my son are from them. If there are only two, it's ani u'bani. And if that's asks, what does it mean? The author of the Kellam what kind of way is that to talk? If there are only two tzaddikim, it doesn't look like anivas. So he says the pshat is the greatest test a person faces. All our lives we are being bombarded by what everybody else says and what everybody else does and what everybody else has. And this drives people insane. It doesn't leave them one moment of peace on this world. The greatest power that a person has to have is to be able to stand on his own, even if everybody else is doing differently. kula was on one side, and he was on the other side. And this is what Abshimba Yehoi meant. He said, "If, kol, if are, isi b'nei They are a minority against the whole world. But if there are a thousand, I and my son will be there. If there are a hundred, we'll be there. If there are just two against the whole world, we'll be there. Lama nivre adam yichidi. HaKadosh Baruch created Adam. That he is in essence a creation alone, a yachid. Of course, he has to have companionship. A person is also a social being. There's a whole how we, how we interact with one another. But essentially, in our essence, we are Yechidi. So that we should be able to live alone. Even if everybody else is doing different. And this applies on many different levels. Firstly, it applies on our ability not to be swayed just because everybody else is doing something. And if we know that it's wrong, we don't have to follow. No, Chazal tells us about Noyach. Had Noyach lived in the days, according to one day in Rashi, he was only a tzaddik Bidoy but But had he lived in the days of Avram, lo Rashi says. How could you say, He would have been nothing? You're talking about such an extraordinary Tzadik. He would have been nothing? He maybe he wouldn't have been the gadol Hador. He would have been a big Tzadik. You say, But perhaps the Pshat is. Now there's a Maisev. Rabbi the had a brother named Ramosh Isambur. And Ramesh Lameh once had to go daven and shul, and he had to pass through a very low part of town, amokim Tomei in the city. And he came to his brother after he davened, and he said, you know, today, when I davened after walking through that part of town, I felt such a Kedush, I felt such a Yisraelim, I felt so uplifted. What could it be? And he said, Simple. A mokim tome, a mokim of nisyonis, is a place that's full of nitzoytes of kedusha, sparks of kedusha that have fallen from people who were nichsham, and they're all there, being they're captured by the Klippos. When somebody walks through such an area and he watches his eyes, he goes through with shamayim, All of those nitzoytes of kedusha become his. The way you walked through that area, you gathered since you went through Bigdusha, all of that kedusha that was lost there became yours. By the time you got to shul, you were a new person. You were, you were never at such a level. Somebody told me that he was in Yerushalayim, and he was going back to America. So he went with his son to say goodbye. There's a great tzaddik in Yerushalayim, Rabbi Yankif Meir and he said to him, he said, they told him we're going to America. He said, ah, ah, because can America? He says you should know. He says the airport is a place where there are millions upon millions of nitzayis of kedusha that are lost there. The whole place is designed to be machshel people in riyosah suros. If you can travel from here to America and go through such a mokem bekedusha, that means all the kedusha that was lost there could become yours. And you could reach a level that is higher than all of that tumor. I think I've once said over, the Shemishmuel, who says, explains, Psharan and the Zayir who says that a person could become a Tzaddik Gomor. In one second you can become a Tzaddik Gomor. How does one become a Tzaddik Gomor in one second? So he explains there are two ways for a person to become a Tzaddik. There's the long way, years and years of work and avoidance, and then there's the quick way. If one lives in a time or in a makam that there's a tremendous excess of tumma and he turns himself away from that tumma, at that moment he gets bikdusha, all of that tumma equal to all of that tumma, he gets it bikdusha. So he could become bisha choda, a tzadig gomu. Imagine a person has. A badger person has in his house a television set. Now, think of how many millions and billions of hours of creativity and talent of Moshchosim went in to create all that programming and all the shtusim that go through just to produce what's on that box. And a person takes that and he disposes of it. At that moment... He gets Bikdusha all of those billions and trillions of hours of, of money, of creativity, of idea, of talent that went to the Sitra Akra, He gets that Bigdusha Bhar Khduvariga Khda. Noach, had he lived in the times of Ram, he was a regular person in Loyannetala you know where his tzitkis came from? He lived in the mabel, and he wasn't like them. He became a tzaddik tomim bidoyroiso. Now that's a tzaddik we can learn from. Even if we may be loy l'klum as far as our own avoider we're not the biggest mass media we're not the biggest tzaddikim but we live in a mabel. As the Zohar Kodesh describes the time before Mashiach, that there will be a reincarnation of the Doir HaMabol, and a person who is above that, who turns himself away from that, could be a Tzadik Tomim, a complete and perfect Tzadik B'dayro That's one part of Nivra Adam Yechidi. But there's more to it on a deeper level. Let me share with you what Rav Desler writes in Michtav Melio, Miteva Hoilom it's the nature of this world that superficiality reigns, and all of Chitzoneius is sheker compared to the Nakuda Apnimiyus Shebelayv. What is the sheifa? What is the desire of what he calls an Adam Chitzonei, an empty, superficial person? Koshi Ifa sa odamahitsini hulirois esatmoi mitsuyon clape zuloso. To somehow show himself mitsuyon, somehow show himself noticed above all of his friends. Zeb Oshroy, one that he has more money, Zebe Malachtoy, Zebe Kishroinoy, he has great talent, Zebba Khachmos, he has great wisdom, Zeb Maisov, he has great myself. Something to show that I'm more, I'm more unique than the next guy. I'm a Mitstayin. Even if the only thing he madstein is by being crazy, by being a zeilo, by being a meshugane, he'll be happy as long as I'm as long as I'm noticed. If that's what it takes, I'll do that. And one who cannot find in himself anything to be mitztaien. I'm just a regular guy. I'm just a humdrum fellow. He becomes broken. He'll find no purpose in life. Because redifas haitztaienus... The, p- the pressure to be a dying will push him to look, somehow, how could I push myself more and more? And the kinnah tidal covered will take his entire oylem hazeh and turn it into one long, miserable trip. I will call ze shekeru. Because the EmS of Pinimius is, if a person understands... I live with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I was created Yechidi. What do I have to do with the other guy? Why am I making myself so crazy about what everybody else has or does or thinks or says? I was created a being alone. A Yechidi. A Yechidi. A klau is Hashem happy with me or not now let's tell the in yeshiva: sometimes a boche has a cheshik to learn other boche doesn't have a cheshik to learn what does it mean a boche doesn't want to learn every boche wants to learn tired every boche wants to be matzliach and know how to learn So why doesn't he learn? Because he's not matzliach. We want to do things that we're good at. If I'm not matzliach, I don't want to do it. What does it mean when he says I'm not matzliach? You know what he means? He means I'm not matzliach like the other guy's matzliach. That's all it means. It means I prepare for the shir, and I look at the blot gemur, the gemur rashi t'ayisus, and then I come into the shir, and the magad shir starts talking things, and I'm, I'm lost, and the other guy already has a kasha, and he knows, so what's the point of my learning? What am I learning for? I'm not as good as the other guy. If he would th- and how many Bachrim fall out of learning because of that? If he would think for one moment, what does my learning have to do with him? I'm learning for Hashem. I was created Yechidi. As the Goyin says, when one learns, he should learn as if there's only one hour in the world, one Blat Gemara in the world, and one person in the world. What do you mean, I don't understand as, I don't understand the shit like the other guy understands? You think there aren't things the Maggit Shir himself doesn't understand? And why should the Maggit Shit learn? If Rebbe Kivega had learned and we don't understand what Rebbe Kivega learned, so what's the purpose of our learning? And Rebbe Kivega wasn't able to learn like, the Rishayim, but Rishayim couldn't learn like the Tanoim Tanaim couldn't learn like the Neviim. So maybe nobody should learn Torah, because what's the point of learning if I can't understand like I'm Gamliel anyway? Because I'm, not l- I'm learning from my Kesha to Torah. It's me and HaKadosh Baruch Hu alone in the world. And I always tell the Bahram, there's a time in your life, if you're lucky, when that will hit you with the full force of its MS, you'll realize that deep inside you, that it's you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that day is the day of your liberation. That's your Yitzias Mitzrayim. That's the day when you'll find inner peace for the rest of your life. And there are nebuch, many people who never reach that day. The day a person realizes he was Nivra Yechidi. It's not just, it's everything. It's all the difficulties we have. People go through such terrible, terrible Nesiyonis. Such terrible tsar, Such difficulties people have. If a person realizes it's Mena Kodesh Baruch the person can have the strength to carry through, to survive the most difficult tests. I was created Yechidi. This is between me and Hashem. Hashem wants something from me. And I can grow. And I can give Akadesh Hu Nachas Ruach. Lech Go to yourself. But if we miss life and we forget about Lech lecho, we're always Lech loy. Every thought is governed, is determined, is programmed by what everybody else is saying and doing and being and hearing. I never have any Lech lecho. So the Eight Sahara. Confuses us, controls us by hiding from us the deepest secret of life that we were created Yechidi, that we have a personal relationship with our Baruch Baruchu that has nothing to do with anybody else. And the third thing, going to be Messiah, the third tool the Eid Sahara uses to destroy us and to lead us onto the path of Oichalas Bissaray is something we have to be very, very careful of. Not to be discouraged by nephilus. We all have Uridas. We all have times when we don't live up to what we expect of ourselves and what we know the Rabbeinu Shalom expects of us. And the Eitzchart breaks us from that. And we become full of despair and full of Yish. Chazal tells us when HaKadosh Baruch who created Adam Arisha, and the Malachim said, Who is this Adam? And Hashem said, Adam is greater than you. And the Malachim said, Show us. So HaKadosh Baruch who took all the Behemoth, as the Pasik tells us, but he first brought them to the Malachim. He says, Name them. They couldn't think of any names. He brought him to Adam, a and said, Oh, well, this is a Shor, this is an A'ce, this is an Ari, this is a Dove." And HaKadosh Baruch Hu asked Adam, And what should you be called? And he said, I was created from Adama. I shall be called Adam. And then Hashem asked, What should I be called? And Adam turned to Hashem and said, You should be called Yudke Vovke. So he says, the Medish, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Ah, that is exactly the name that I was thinking for taking for myself. Now let's think for a moment, this Medrash is so astonishing, it's so penetrating in its depth, it should wake us up forever. A Malach has the wisdom, He can jump the entire world. When other Mauritian was able to say just what the animals are, this is a shur, he did just say a shur, Shin Vav means these are the Tserufay Isias from which the Tsar is put together, all the sidas, every single thing at the deepest depths of creation. The Pinemius, he was Ayman on the Pinemius of a Shur, of a Kevis, of an Aze. When all the Mauritians said, You are Yud Kevavke, you are Havaya. There are over 600,000 sirufim of the Shem Avaya. Every one of them corresponds to a different neshama of Claudius Yisroh. The Shem Avaya is Mahava, the entire Bria. It's the shorish and the sight of everything that ever happened. And Adam Mauritian was able on his own to be mechavan to understand at the very depths what HaKadosh Baruch Hu means according to our perception. And yet Malachim couldn't. Now what did other Maritian have that Amalek doesn't have? Does he have more wisdom? Is he holier? What does he have? So the answer has to be in that one thing that man is greater than Amalek. What is the one thing that makes man greater than Amalek? That man can fall. Man can have a Yerida. Man can do an Avera. it brings the Medrash, Kim that says that a man is greater than a Malach. Who watches who? The guard watches the king. He says, what is a man, a king, over a Malach? He says, a Malach can only do the Ratz and Hashem. He can't choose to do otherwise. He's only a half a Bria. He's a handicapped Bria. But Adam, who can do toiv Ora, that's a tzelem elekim. Because he has bechira. The very fact that he can fall. it what gives him a vision and a closeness to HaKadosh Baruch that no malach can ever have. And the malachim cry, Ayei Mekayim Kivayda, Rabbeinu shaloylam. We would also want life, like to live in a world of Nesoyon, where we can be Mekadosh Shem shamayim. From the point of Bechirah. So, what part of Adam was able to have that eternal vision to understand Havaya? Adam Arishan consisted of all the souls of creation. That's why we're called Ikvas of the Mashiach because there are some neshamas that came from Adam's head and they were given out earlier. as you go lower and lower in his body. The final end of creation before Mashiach came out of his akev, We're the neshamas that come from the akev. And Adam Arishan had the vision of all of our nephilas put together. Of all of the world's nesioinus. All of that closeness that comes from a person being distant and yearning for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, there was, I heard from a, 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 a Yid, a, saw it actually. A Yid wrote, he's a, a Magid Shirin, a Balchuvai Yeshiva in Yerushalayim. And he said he was telling his class a story, it's quite a famous story. It's in the city of Kruke, in Poland, there's a shoe called Rab Isaac, Rabbi Yekele, is and the a famous story, how the shul came into being. There was a poor man named Rab- Isaac Rebjekalus. And every night he used to have a dream that under the bridge in Prague, there's a buried treasure. He didn't pay attention to the dream, but he had it so many times, he decided, you know, I'm going to go down to Prague to look for it. And he came there in the middle of the night, and there's a guard, there's a sentry marching back and forth on the bridge, and he can't get to it. And he goes there night after night, but the guard never goes away. One night, the guard turns to him and says, you come here. I see you here every night. What are you? What are you looking for? He says, well, I'll tell you the truth. I live in Krakow, and I'm a poor man, and every night I have a dream that there's a a, a treasure buried under this bridge, and I want to come dig it up, but I can never get past you. And he says, oh, you silly Jew, don't be ridiculous. (laughs) You pay attention to dreams. Every night I have a dream that there's a man in Krakow named Isaac Rebiekeles, and buried under his house, there's a buried treasure. Am I going to go run to Poland to go dig it up because of some, some silly dream? When he heard that, he ran home, dug up his basement, he found the treasure. And with this money, he built this shul called Rabbi Zekeb So this Magachir told over to his students this story, and he asked them what the moral of the story And the obvious moral is that the treasure is inside us. We think we're going to run here and there and find it. The treasure is all over, but we have to look in ourselves. And that was the answer he was expecting to hear. And one of the Balei answered a different answer. He says, the lesson of this story is, that sometimes to find the treasure, you first have to travel very far away before you find the treasure that's in you. So, that wasn't the answer that I was expecting, but that's very true. Because we are Adam, because we can have nefelis, the yearning of our closeness, HaKadosh Baruch, the vision, the vantage point of Adam can have such a clarity, can be so full of treasure. That we can see and understand, and we can have not with our minds. We can under, understand the depths of reality, even if our minds are incapable. To name something means to be Oimir on its You know, a father gives a child his name. The child by the bris, the child's name is the child's shirish hanashama. How does the father know the shirish hanashama? So it says in the suara makdosim that at that moment he's imbued with ruach hakodesh and he has the ability to choose the proper name for his child. Does he understand? He doesn't have to understand. But his heart feels that Ruach HaKodesh and he knows the emes. We mustn't be discouraged by Nephilus, by Yeridus. Yeridus are a chance to lift ourselves up. It's what makes us human beings. It's what makes, It gives us the ability to become close to HaKodesh Baruch Hu in a way that even a Malach can't come. But the Yetzirah will tell us, because we fail, you're nothing, you're worthless, you're a guy. and Hashem is not interested in you, and Hashem hates you. There are people who actually believe this. And your davening not worth anything, your learning's not worth anything. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is aching for this yid twiller, for this yid sitting down and learning a blat gemara, from his makim, from his reader to turn back to him, HaKadosh Baruch Hu pines, to hear a word from this seed. But the Yetzirah will tell him, you're not wanted. And then Nebuch, when it comes the moment of truth, he'll be in oichel as So as we gather our strength together to face the challenge of the long winter, beginning with Mar Cheshven, we've loaded up, we've fueled ourselves with yerecha sonim with the strength of the Heilige all that Rotsoi. And now it's Shoiv. Let us fill ourselves with hope, with encouragement, with courage, with, with confidence. That we can be Tzaddikin, Tzaddik Tomim That we can fill our lives with meaning, with pnimius. That we have, each and every one of us has. A yechidi relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu that HaKadosh Baruch Hu treasures that relationship and he can't wait to be with us. The Eitzar doesn't want us to know about that. He wants to blind us to that. So we should become Nebuch and But let us have the strength and the Seichel HaYosher and the Chizuk And the koiches ha-nefesh, not to be fooled, not to be fooled, not to live a mistake, to experience the real pleasures in life. Let us imbibe life deeply and have an enjoyment that only tzaddikim can have because they really enjoy life. They're having such a great time. That's the Amos. The Rebbe once said, if the biggest ballet taiva would know how much hanor a tzaddik has when he eats, they would all become tzaddik. Hakadosh Baruch should give us the keichas hanefesh and the strength and the wisdom and the clarity of vision. We should be able to serve Him with simcha. Is able to use the long winter nights, to fill them with Torah, with Yero, with Kedusha, the the of the of